This is manager Chris Woodward from the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. This is Ronald Guzman for the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to Rangers Nation podcast. Welcome to Rangers Nation podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Rangers Nation's podcast. I am your host, the Recliner Nerd, and today's episode is Fantasy Offseason. Why is it called that? Well, let's just pretend I'm the GM for a little bit, and if I can have all of my fantasies come true for the Texas Rangers, what would they do this offseason and what will happen? Honestly, we're going to get into some possible moves, something that could happen. We can also talk about moves that have already been made. Uh, we've had some players added to the 40-man roster. Plus, we're going to go down in the bus leagues, down in the bus leagues to talk to Ricky Venasco. Ricky Venasco, the right-handed pitcher for the Texas Rangers, who is climbing up all of the prospect rankings. The prospect rankings. Ricky and I sat down Wednesday um, and talked for a little bit, and we'll listen to that. And all of that's coming up right after this. Hey, this is Scott Heinem with Texas Rangers, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. Okay, everyone, and welcome to Fantasy Offseason, Fantasy Offseason. That's what this one is. Let's go into some uh, offseason moves, some some things that have happened already, some rumors that are out there. First of all, the, uh, the, the deadline passed earlier this week, and the Rangers had to add some players to their 40-man roster. One surprising name that did not get on there that some thought would get on there um, that, that is now um, more than likely this, this guy is going to be Drafted in the Rule 5 draft, which was on is on December the 12th. Well, December 12th is winter meetings start. It's during the winter meetings that uh, they'll have the Rule 5 draft. And uh, Joe Barlow uh, was left off the 40-man roster. Um, this is a guy that if his control – if he could get his control, um, get, get, get under control with his, uh, with his pitching – could be in the bull, could have been in the bullpen this year. That's how far he climbed. But he, once he got to AAA, he really struggled. Had a lot of walks. Was throwing a lot of balls. Um, somebody's going to take a flyer on him, especially with these twenty-six man rosters they're going to go to this offseason. Um, someone's going to take a flyer on on, on Joe Barlow. I think he's going to. Now, who they added? Uh, the Rangers protected six players uh, from Frisco. They went with Demarcus Evans, Tyler Phillips, and Leody Tavares. Obviously, going with um, Demarcus. I think Demarcus may start this next year. He may start out of the bullpen. Um, that was that was a pretty easy one. Tyler Phillips, um, I, I don't know that Tyler was ready, but I guess uh, they, they didn't want to take the chance that someone might. Uh, Tyler struggled a little bit when he first got up to Frisco, but but did well. Leody was pretty easy. That was pretty much a guarantee on Leody. I think the one that people were, uh, you know, the, this guy was the, the, the next guy that came up. Leody, we knew Leody was going to come up because he was eligible, and this is a kid that's, that, that did well. At Frisco, he still hadn't showed much power, but really is kind of finding his stroke again. He was the top prospect a couple years ago. He's fallen down in those rankings some, but uh, he, he's already uh, do, doing really uh, doing really well in Frisco. So someone could have kind of did. Remember what we did with Carlos Tochi? Someone take a, take him, put him on the bury him on that roster, let him play up there not get too overwhelmed, and as long as they keep him for a year, he's going to still have those options and move him down. Um, someone could do that, and Leody's a lot better player than, than uh, Carlos Tochi was. So that's why they protected him. They also, from uh, the, the one the one player that they took, they took these guys from down east. The one player they took that surprised me that, that they took over Joe Barlow, um, and they just felt like this guy was somebody that they couldn't take a chance was uh, Kyle Cody. Now Cody's been hurt. For those that don't know, he's really high. He was really high in the prospect rankings. He's a he's a big pitcher. I think he was out of Kentucky. Um, a real big pitcher, doing really well, and had Tommy John surgery. Um, first they they just thought he had a strained elbow, and they held him back for a little bit, and they tried to wait it out, and ended up doing. The, the surgery, so he's been out for almost two years, but he's already pitching again. All Everything coming out of Arizona is that this guy's back on it. He's getting ready to get back on it again. Um, and so they that's the one that I think people were surprised because if you don't know the rule about picking someone off a 40-man roster or off the Rule 5 draft, the rule is this. They, they come over to your team. You If you choose somebody off the Rule 5, you immediately put them on your 40-man roster, but when they break spring training and go into the regular season – 
That guy has to be on your 25-man roster, on 26-man roster. Yes, stay on your opening day roster, and he's got to be there for a full year. If at any time you don't think he deserves a spot on your 26-man roster and you decide to demote him back uh, into the minor leagues because these players do have options, you have to first offer him back to the team you took him from. And if you do, you get your I think you get your money back. You have to uh, – the other team, the Rangers would pay – the forty grand or whatever—I don't even know what it is off the top of my head. The Rangers would pay that and take Barlow back. Um, so that, but they didn't want to take that chance on Kyle Cody. Um, another one with the the other two they took were Shirt and Apostel, which is this is a guy that's probably going to start out at Frisco, the third baseman for Frisco, just because we've got uh, the Rangers got three third basemen right now in the organization that are just really. They're, they're going to have to spread them out. And two of them were drafted last year, and that's that's uh, Josh Young and Davis Wenzel. Um, so Davis Wenzel, Davis has been playing around the infield. They've played him some shortstop, some second base. Um, but I think they want to get all three of them. I think Jung, uh, Josh Young's going to probably end up in uh, down east. I think Shirton Apostel will end up in Frisco starting out as their third baseman. And then uh, Davis Wenzel will probably start out at Hickory. And how you play is how it's going to dictate. Um, I tell you, someone who's going to have his, you know, a, a guy that's been playing some third base and doing well that, that's kind of out of place, so he'll probably be moving over to second base, is uh, a guy that I love a lot. And I see him on a big league team someday as a, uh, as a utility guy, and uh, that's Ryan Doro. Uh, Doro was playing a lot of third base for Frisco this year. Uh, Shirton Apostel is going to get those. He's going to get those. Um, those reps right now, I know Doro will play some third base there, he's, but he's also a second baseman and shortstop, was a shortstop in college. Um, so that's another one. Last one that they put on the 40-man roster was uh, Anderson Tejada. This is another guy that's really high up on the Rangers prospect list that kind of slipped last year. He got hurt, hurt his shoulder, uh, spent the almost the entire second half of the season out um, with the injury. So he's supposedly due to come back. He had an off-season surgery. Um, and so that's another one that they put on there. They Now, with that, they DFA'd Taylor Guerrero and, the, and uh, C.D. Pelham. Now, Pelham was the guy two years ago that went from A-ball all the way into major leagues. And last year, just everyone assumed he would make a uh, bullpen, make the bullpen out of spring training last year, and he didn't. And went down to AAA and spent most of the year in AAA and, and just – uh, struggled. In fact, they demoted him back down some more. Um, uh, but Pelham uh, off the forty-man roster, someone that takes Pelham, he he's another one that maybe someone sees something there who could get drafted in that Rule Five draft. He's a hard-throwing left-handed piece out of the bullpen. Maybe someone takes a chance on Pelham, moves him over, um, and and harnesses him, gets him with another pitching coach. Sometimes a change of scenery will do that, and then you've got somebody uh, that you can keep up on your roster. But uh, the Rangers just felt like they needed that roster spot and DFA'd him, and we'll see what happens in the Rule 5 draft. Um, you know, or, In fact, he's been DFA'd, so he's going through waivers. Um, you know, He could get picked up by somebody. We'll see what happens there. Um, but anyway, that's that. That's what's happened so far. There's a lot of rumors going around out there and things that could happen. If and you know, and I, I've talked about if I was the GM, what would I do? Some of the moves I was make. I wrote something about it, and I'll read what I wrote you. And then some other ideas that have crossed my mind, talking about some off-season moves and some some free agency signings that I'd like to see. Plus, I also want to see. Um, you know, we got to talk about some of the other moves that have already happened. So some of the signings have already happened, and there's been some surprises out there. And there's one team that's kind of making it known that, hey, our checkbook's open and we're going to start doing it. So um, we're going to get into that and play a little bit of Fantasy GM. This is Nick Solak with the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. All right, thanks, Nick. So we're going to get into this now, and let's talk about Fantasy GM. So I wrote something uh, a couple weeks ago. It's actually it's been about two weeks ago that I wrote it about Texas Ranger offseason ideas that no one is talking about because everybody knows what the Rangers are, are talking about in a lot of situations, what they're talking about. And, uh, like, plan A, obviously they need somebody for the starting rotation. Uh, the names, the big four or five free agents out there are Cole, Strasburg, Wheeler, Bumgarner and um, Hinjin Rue. 
Um, that that's the five names that are out there. Some of your Plan Bs are Keuchel or D Orderizi, which he he re-upped with the uh, the Twins. You got Hamels, Michael Pineda, and there was also maybe some talk of someone like a Matthew Boyd from Detroit. Uh, I kind of wrote that out there, and then then I I came up with what about some other ideas? One of the other ideas might be Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles is kind of a cheap option if you haven't seen what he did with Milwaukee. The second half of the season with Milwaukee, Jordan Lyles was seven and one. Well. With, he got traded to Milwaukee. With Milwaukee, he was 7-1 with a 2.25 ERA. He's a free agent, and he's someone sort of like a Lynn or Miner. You can come in and maybe get him for a couple of years at about 6 to $8 million a year. And you talk about a number four starter that could be out there. That's somebody that no one's talking about. I've also talked about Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray is back on the uh, – is somebody that could be traded again from the Diamondbacks, and he was good. He was talked about at the trade deadline last year. Maybe that's somebody they could go after, especially since they, they're looking for some outfield help. Maybe Mazzara deal, something with a Mazzara deal that, that you put out there. I, I think I put something out there like Mazzara and Burke for uh, Ray. I think it might take a little more than that, but it's just an idea. Third base is another one that obviously – uh, there's really only one plan A for for third base, and that was Anthony Rendon. He's the he's the top free agent out there at uh, in that situation. Um, uh, he may just be they're, they're, now. Look, everybody's talking about him and the fact that he could go for. Uh, that, that, that he would sign for seven or eight years, and it would be something similar to what Arenado did with Colorado. Um, there's been some speculation, a little talk out there, that Rendon may not want to sign for seven or eight years because he doesn't plan on playing for another seven or eight years. He's already 30 years old. He's 29, about to be 30. Um, there's, there's some talk that if he could go highest AAV or average – uh, annual salary, salary. Um, if he could go high like $35 million a year, he might sign for five or six. Now, the Rangers would be all over that. That's something that they would seriously consider, uh, honestly. They would consider that at five or six years. If not, plan B on that, and D was always someone like Josh Donaldson or maybe Mike Moustakis. Uh, that was all obviously somebody that they, that they could talk as a backup. And then uh, there was also the uh, – what about someone like uh, Chris Bryant in a trade? Now, now a trade for Chris Bryant is going to involve some major prospects, and I just didn't see that happening. Um, I, I don't see that going on. And some other ideas that I came up with was, you know, some players that no one's talking about. There's Evan Longoria. Um, way below those other guys. Uh, pretty high contract with the Giants, but maybe the Giants were looking to dump and rebuild. What if they gave the, the Rangers $34 million um, towards the rest of his salary, which is half his salary that's left, and moved him for something not a lot? If I mean, I, they probably wouldn't expect a, a ton back. Maybe one of our little bit higher level, maybe someone in the bottom half of the top 30 prospects, um, and, and, and something like that to bring in someone like uh, Evan Longoria. I'm, I'm not a fan of that. That, but I'm just thinking outside the box here if things aren't falling through. Um, there's also, uh, um, you know, you, there, there's that, that, that was kind of one thing they could do. I, I kind of also, let, let's get credit. What about Howie Kendrick? Howie Kendrick plays a lot of different positions. Look what he did in the, uh, uh, look what he did in the, uh, in the World Series, he was he was amazing. And uh, what about the Phillies' Brad Miller? I mean, uh, he had you know eight home runs in September. Uh, would you know would Elvis move over to third base? Let's get crazy, okay? So let's talk about that. Would Elvis move to third? What about the Indians? They're shopping Lindor. Let's get think outside the box there. The Red Sox are looking at maybe Bogarts. Uh, what if the Rangers put together some blockbuster deal like that? Maybe Andrus plays third base. We brought in someone like uh, Lindor from the from the Indians. Now this is all fantasy stuff. I, it, it would take a huge package to do it. Um, so you know that that's kind of. That's kind of then you got uh, first base, second base, center field, the rest of the deal. You know, I think everybody still thinks Odor is going to be the second baseman, Guzman at first, Santana center field. That's probably what's going to happen there. Um, you know, would would uh, would would there be some other ideas out there that possibly the Rangers could? could could move into that place there's they're looking for some upgrades at catcher center field first base second base um you know um who knows grandel signed um there's that shogi akiyama coming out of japan he's going to be posted um he's actually a center fielder but levi said there's uh levi weaver from the athletics said that he's heard that he may move to a corner outfield position what about mitch moreland uh moreland's a free agent now that's getting older at a position that we're pretty young at and i still think guzman's going to be good i mean look i'm thinking things out there to do it so here's what i came up i played fantasy gm in my article and here's what i did so i'm fantasy gm i take off first 
first thing I do, I sign Josh Donaldson. Three-year contract, $63 million. Will that get it? No, we may have to get up closer to 70. But I sign Josh, Josh Donaldson. Then I go out and I sign um, Hinjin Roo for three years at $52 million. Then I signed Jordan Lyles for $16 million, two years, $16 million. And then you know who else I signed? This, I heard this from Levi Weaver. Sounded good to me. Give it a shot. I signed Felix Hernandez to a one-year deal for $2 million. Um, he's obviously probably going to come out of the bullpen. I don't know that he's a starter anymore. And then I trade. Uh, I need room on the roster, so I make a trade. I trade Nomar Mazzara to the Chicago White Sox for minor league pitcher Jonathan Stever. Uh, he's about number eight or nine on their top top 30 prospects. Um, he's a minor league pitcher. He's not going to be on the 40-man roster. Um, and that's somebody that I looked at. So what would your opening day lineup look at? I got Chu at DH leading off. You got Calhoun in left field, Donaldson at third base, Gallo at right field, Santana center field, Anders at shortstop, Odor at second base, Guzman at first, and Trevino at, and, and, and at catcher. On the bench, you got uh, Kendrick, you got Solak, you got uh, DeShields, because uh, I, I go out and I signed uh, – I also talked about signing uh, Howie, Contra, Howie Kendrick to a one-year deal at $6 million. And then uh, you got Hernandez and Burke as your, you know, your, 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 your rotations. Minor, Lynn, Rue, Lyles, and Palumbo. Long relief, you got uh, – and your openers, long relief. You got you – know, you know, Hernandez might be an opener. Somebody comes in and, and has a little bit of success with some players one time through the lineup. Maybe he comes out and does an inning or two. So you got Hernandez and Burke. And then you go back to the bullpen, and you've got Leclerc, Classe, Montero, Brett Martin, Chavez, and Evans to start with. That's what you got so far. Um, so that that was just some ideas as a fantasy GM. I was, you know, so look, who who do I really want to see them do? I mean, I've kind of said stuff there. Look, they're going to need to get two starting pitchers. Okay, they've got to get two starting pitchers. They got to get. Uh, at least two starting pitchers. They they could they they need to they could use an upgrade at catcher. I don't think they're going to get rid of Mathis. I think everyone wants them to get rid of Mathis. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Mathis was not designed to cut to, to to catch more than about fifty games, forty or fifty games. I think Trevino is going to get a bulk of the catching. He's he's a good defender. Mathis was kind of brought here for framing pitches. Um, now look, don't get me wrong. He's only on the hook for three million. Rangers can eat that money if they think there's an opportunity to go out and trade for somebody or get somebody. In in here to have a second catcher. I but I think Mathis is kind of the 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 guy they're going to put in there. He's not going to hit a lot. He's just going to spell and do those day games and do that until Huff can do what Huff does. I think they want to see Huff start out at probably uh, Frisco. See what he does. He ended it at, at, at uh, Down East last year. Going to start him at Frisco. He's look. He's throwing out 48 percent of the base runners. Um, if Huff handles, that's a big jump. The pitching he's going to see at Double A. If he handles that well and really starts producing at Frisco, he may skip AAA altogether, and he could possibly, very possibly, be someone that ends up here by the middle to end of uh, end of the year next year uh, for the Rangers. The Rangers are playing for a wild-card spot. They're going to put the best players out there they think can help them. So that's some fantasy GM ideas. I, I've been trying to come up with some crazy trade ideas in my head, maybe some things we could do. I, you know, I, I like Trey Mancini. What if we threw something together with the Oreos who are trying to total rebuild? Go into the Oreos and, and throw them about five or six good prospects for Trey Mancini. Uh, he could play first base, be a right-handed first baseman who hit like what, 298 with 37 home runs last year. He's only 28 years old. He's got arbitration years available. So that that's things that I was thinking of, um, and stuff like that. As the fantasy GM, there's already been some move made, and there's look, there's a team, there is a team that you better watch that is on the rise, and that's Chicago White Sox, who went out and signed Grandel. They went out and extended Jose Abreu. Now, last year they were supposed to be ones that were spending a lot of money, and they didn't, if you'll remember that. They went out and, and they got kind of shut out in the ballgame. Um, they, they they, everyone thought they might be on a Harper or might be in on Machado, and they ended up not getting either one and that because they knew the, the checkbook was open. Well, let me tell you what, they didn't get what they want last, last year, so that doesn't mean they just went out and signed anybody. Uh, they still got money to spend, and uh, they're already proven that they're going to do it. They got Grandel when everyone kind of thought that, that where this is going to play out. So things are going to start shaking. I, I think it was Scott Boris who said his phone's been ringing off the hook. Last year, I don't think there's going to be – I think the big-name guys are going to be gone here before Christmas. I think they're going to start falling off at the winter meetings. I think they're going to start falling off. 
and do that. So you've got to keep an eye. The White Sox are someone. They're kind of the team no one's talking about. I, you need to watch it. They're going to open their checkbook, and don't be surprised if, if, if they money whip somebody that they could get on that team. Uh, that, that that no one's talking about. Zach Wheeler, look at Zach Wheeler. Everybody likes Zach Wheeler coming to the Rangers. I love Zach Wheeler. I think he'd be great for the Rangers. Um, you know, Hingen, uh Rue, someone like him that could, you know, everyone's thinking three years this. What if they came in and offered him five? Uh, something to that. If, I mean, look, the White Sox are going to spin. But anyway, that's the fantasy GMs. But listen, there's one thing I want to get to today. We want to we, we visited with uh, Ricky Vanasco. We're going to go down in the bus thing. So let's go down right now. Let's go down. In the bus leagues. This is Sam Huff with the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. All right. Thank you, Sam. Hey, listen, we're going to go down in the bus leagues right now. This Wednesday, I got a hold of Ricky Venasco. If you don't know who Ricky Venasco is, he is a right-handed pitcher. He's out of Florida. He was drafted out of high school. Um, we're going to talk all about that in this interview that we did here. Ricky is an unbelievable kid, uh, just very polite. Uh, Jamie Newberg jumped him all the way to number five on Newberg's top 72. I'm not going to tell you who the 72 are because that's you need to get an, uh, uh, a uh, subscription to The Athletic for that. Um, he's he's on MILB's top 30. He's number 24 in MILB Pipeline. He's also in the uh, – he's in uh, – the, he'll be in baseball, uh, baseball America's top 30 for sure. He'll be in that for the Rangers. Um, you know, we do the at the beginning of the year after the new year. Um, I'll start rolling out the top 20 for Dallas Sports Nation. He was not in my top 20 last year. He will be this year. But um, this is the interview. I want you to listen to it. What a fantastic kid! And we're going to listen to Ricky Venasco right now. I called him uh, and we got in touch earlier uh, last week, and then this week on Wednesday we got back in touch. So here is Ricky Venasco. Hey everybody, it's Recliner Nerd here with the Rangers Nations podcast. We got a special one today. Ricky Venasco. Is that how I'm, I'm not saying that right, Ricky? Yes, sir, you are. All right, Ricky Venasco is with me. A lot of you that, that maybe if you follow Jamie Newberg or you follow uh, MLB Pipeline, you might have heard the name. Last year he was on the radar, but uh, this year he really, after last year, he really skyrocketed up, the, up there. Jamie Newberg just came out with his top 72 prospects. Uh, Ricky has climbed all the way from 46 up to number five. He's number 24 on MLB Pipeline. Um, obviously, he's going to be in the top 30 for uh, Baseball America. They don't have theirs coming out for another week. Um, we do our Dallas Sports Nation top 20 prospects. Ricky wasn't in it last year. I can tell him without telling him where, but he is going to fall in on that one too. Ricky, thanks for joining us, bud. Thanks for having me. All right, so listen, we get one quick question from one of the listeners uh, before I get into my normal. My, my, uh, this is going to be basically a get-to-know-Ricky and, and ask some questions about you. Uh, Dan Runnels wanted to know, what is your feelings about the proposed electronic strike zone? Have you heard about this? Uh, yes, sir, I have. I mean, I, I honestly haven't looked too much into it, but, um, I mean, there's so much electronic stuff now in baseball, and – you can't ever just get everything right, you know. Um, I mean, human and trial error is always going to be there, especially with electronics. So you really can't cancel anything out. But, I mean, we can't take our uh, our American jobs away with electronics, especially how long the sport of baseball has been around and, I mean, how much people truly love it. I mean, yeah, we got some, like, we have some questionable calls every once in a while. But, I mean, that's it's just human error. That's all it is. Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree, and I, I think there's a misconception out there. While, while an electronic strike zone maybe can alleviate some of the strikes and, and or some of the bad calls we see, there's going to still be a need behind the plate for an umpire for sure. Um, he's going to have to be – electronics can't tell me if your check swing's gone too far. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, electronics can't tell me if the catcher dropped the pitch or if the catcher interfered with the batter and, and put, the, put his glove out there. So – but um, I, I agree with you. I, I don't want to see any. It's, it's sounding like if they do this, um, and some of the chatter I've heard is that they would even possibly add an umpire to each crew, which would create another job that would sit in a booth and be able to relay down. But you know what? Let's test it out on that one league, they're the Atlantic League. I guess they're trying it. Let's, let's see how it works. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a uh, purist when it comes to this. I'm an old man, so uh, – I'm, I'm kind of a purist on it. Okay. Well, Ricky, we're going to get into knowing you. I want to get into a little bit about you and all of that. So um, first question I want to ask you is where were you born and where did you grow up? 
I was born in um, New York, Poughkeepsie. Yeah. Um, I grew up, obviously, I mean, I moved down to Florida when I was probably, I don't know, two, three years old. So I was, I've really been just growing up in, in Florida. I live in a small town, uh, a little 30 minutes outside of Gainesville, Florida, where the Florida Gators are at. It's called Williston. Um, I mean, I've been here all my life, and I mean, it's my hometown. This is where, uh, it's where I grew up, it's where I played baseball, and it's, it's where I plan to live and die. So, uh, how big was how big was your high school? Oh, uh, I think maybe we have three hundred kids in the whole like graduating class was like ninety five. Okay, hey, so did you- it was it was pretty small. Did you uh, did you play any other sports when you were growing up? Um, I played football in eighth grade, and then my mom got really scared because I was playing it, and she saw me like under a pile, and she freaked out, and then you know, I was the end of that. So, but other than that, not, I mean, not really, no, sir. I mean, I've just I've always played baseball. I mean, I've always loved it. Did you start playing pretty young? Y- yes, sir. I was. Uh, I think it was like five or six. Um, first year in T-ball, I hit first base and kept running down the fence line, crying my eyes out. So my mom had to take me out of T-ball. She didn't ever think I'd play baseball, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I got a couple like stories just like that. Like I, I did it the second year after that. I did it the following year. That was just, it was always a heartache for my mother to like, leave me on the, the field by myself. <laughs> that, that is tough. I believe me, as as someone that, that moms can be that way, they're a little overprotective. I tell you what. Oh yeah, that's for sure. So, um, how hard were you throwing in high school? Um, I really didn't like. I was just kind of an average pitcher up until my junior year. Um, I hit a growth spurt my sophomore, like going into my junior year, my sophomore summer. Um, and I just came back, and it was just like. Everything was like more easy. I was maybe like six two ish at this point. I yeah. mean, I was still like 135 pounds, but um, I was throwing like maybe like mid upper 80s. And then my senior year, I just like I obviously grew again and I put on a little more weight. And uh, I was probably I want to say like 90 to like 93. Man, I'm gonna tell you, Ricky. I'm gonna show my age here, but when I was when I was growing up, I'm, I'm I'm a lot older. I'm probably your parents' age at least. Uh, uh, when you had somebody that could throw 90 miles, that's that's a lot of people that can do that now. But when you had somebody throwing 90 miles an hour when I was playing, I even played for a huge high school here in Texas. That was a big deal. So uh, back in the the mid 80s, so uh, that that's throwing 90 miles an hour. Now, now I understand you were committed to Stetson University. That's where you were going to go. It's near you where you grew up. Were there any other schools that were offering you a scholarship? Um, I really, honestly, like from like how I've been like raised up and like not many people truly like get an opportunity to like go play a sport out of high school here. Um, I really just, I kind of took the first chance I get and I love Stetson. I love the coaching staff. I loved Mark Levitt. Like I love that place. Like it was going to be a home for me. And uh, I just, I took up on my first opportunity. I mean, yeah, there were like, there were some colleges here and there. There was, uh, I think I had like middle Tennessee. Um, Sully was even after me for a little bit. I mean, at the Gators, but it was just, I mean, my mindset was set on sets and like, I just, I knew I wanted to go there. It felt like home. So. How, how big is Stetson? Um, it's a private school. Um, it's a, it's a, again, it's a little, it's in the, it's in, uh, in Florida. So it's again, a little, little small town. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was maybe, whew, if I had to guess, maybe like 15,000 students. Yeah. yeah. That's still decent sized. I mean, pri- private school. So were they playing division one or were they division two or do you? They were, uh, they were division one. Yes, sir. They played, okay. they were in the sun conference. Um, oh, the sun belt. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes, uh, hey. Let me ask you this, Ricky. Uh, when was it? That, when did you realize you might be good enough to play pro ball? Um, when my agent called me, Carmine Giardini, of my uh, senior. I think it was like around Thanksgiving. I was coming back from a travel ball um, tournament, and I was on the way home. I was by myself, 
and he calls me and he said, Hey, uh, so-and-so like, I want to represent you in this year's draft. And I was like, you, you got to keep, you're joking. Like, there's no way he's like, no, like, I mean, you got a lot of talk. You got a lot of projection, like a lot of height. And, uh, I mean, I want to represent you and see where this goes. I was like, dude, you, you're still, I'm sold. You got me. <laughs> so, it was awesome, okay. man. Do you know, uh, so, so how many scouts were attending your games? My first, I, I will remember it to this day. My first preseason game, it was, uh, held in Dinellen. Um, and there's a concession, the concession stand, like almost backs up to the, the backstop of the fence. Yeah. And there, I have a picture and my mom has like several of them, but, um, there was at least 55 scouts there, all radar guns, everything. My first, for my first pitch to my last pitch, it was amazing, man. It was awesome to see. It was so like thrilling and adrenaline rushing. It was just like, it was almost like a dream come true, obviously. Oh, I, I, I can't imagine. I was, I mean, be, being somebody that played sports too, I obviously wasn't the athlete you were, but I, I could imagine, I hit one home run in my whole life. You'll never forget that. So I, you know what I mean? So I could imagine seeing those scouts there. That that would be crazy. Did you personally know the scout for the Rangers? Um, I did. I mean, I met him uh, at a camp. I went down for a workout. Um, they held it in West Palm at uh, Kaiser University. And I got to meet him. He uh, came and visited my family, like, at home. We did the home visit. And, um, like, me and him kind of kept in touch. But um, I never had, like, a real personal, like, basis with him until I got drafted. Like, he drafted me. And, uh, I mean, he always, always, always checking up on me. Like, he's always asking how my family is. Like, he's – Brett is awesome. I, I mean, he is he's a great guy. Um scout to recruit me honestly well that uh, that i've heard that uh and, and these, these these guys man i tell you what they they uncover gems like you and uh did, now did, did any other teams talk to you did you know you like you can say oh yeah the the reds had somebody that talked to me or the you know any, anybody else for sure like you know a couple teams that that were looking yeah the the mets came and talked to me i mean the cubs the rockies um my agents um Father-in-law is actually a – I forget what he is, but he's in the Red Sox organization. So, I mean, they came and talked to me. The Red Sox were actually the first ones to come and talk to me, I believe. So that's and, probably and, how he found out about you. Yes, sir. Probably. You're, you're probably right. <laughs> okay. So let me tell me about your arsenal. Um, what pitches do you throw? Um, I have fastball, changeup, and curveball. Um, I've been – I've really just been kind of a fastball uh, curveball guy. I mean, especially in high school, it was like really all I needed. I really only needed my fastball. But um, this year I've been – I've strived and worked to develop a changeup, and it it's very, very, very likely to become a massive weapon of mine at this point. It is – it's about 12 mile an hour off. It's got a little horizontal movement, and it, it's it's really good. I can say off. finally. So, yeah, and, and I know last year, obviously you put on some weight last year, but you you know, you they said you were sitting about mid nineties, you've even touched ninety-nine. So as you're I know you've got that in your back pocket, but during your starts, were you are you hovering between between ninety-three to ninety-six, somewhere in there? Is that where you're staying? Um, I think my average fastball this year was ninety-five. Um, I mean obviously wow. I'll dip yeah, yes sir, I'll dip a little bit below, but um I usually sit like ninety-four to ninety-six. Um and then if I gotta if I gotta get into it, I'll get into it. But um, my uh, pitching coach for Spokane, his name was Cody Aiden. He always told me after I came out of a game, like if I uh, came out in like the third inning or something, he was, he, he always look at me and goes, "You just blew your load too early, man." I always tell you, you're always using it too early, and you need it later. Yep. So I always I always remember that in my head when I'm pitching. Just I try to ease up. Well, I, I think Verlander said it. Uh, he said he said something one time, and it sounds you're kind of in that that ballpark where he is. He said that, you know, I sit 94, 96, but I got 99 in my back pocket, um, you know, sitting there. So, but but that's awesome. I mean, uh, so was it? Is there anything particular that the? Let me ask this: What do you think's your best off-speed pitch? Um, my curveball. I mean, 
I just I I can't like I can't classify my changeup as my off speed pitch yet until like team um, right yeah I can't I had I need to get it in the game a little bit more um, I didn't throw it that much this year um, it was more more or less like in instructs I threw it almost ninety nine percent of the time so um, I just need to get it in games a little bit more and I need to have a little bit more confidence behind it so well, well let me ask you this so. This off season, what's your schedule like? So, what are you what are you doing now? What are you working on? When do you report to what? So, um, right now, I'm just. I mean, I just started throwing about last week, so um, I'm just getting going, getting my arm going. Um, been working out, gaining weight. I'm up to like I don't know, one ninety six, one ninety seven now. Oh, that's perfect. Um, I just came back from a camp that uh, the Rangers held. Um, and then I go back out for another one in January 5th through the 26th, uh, come home for roughly two weeks, and then I go back out February 9th for spring training. Okay, so where's the camp, Arizona? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's okay. in Arizona. So tell me this. Okay, so let's – I like to ask this to a lot of the guys. So um, they all have interesting things that they do, uh, Sam Huff and Doro and uh, Brock and all of them. So the day you're starting – Okay, you know you're going to be starting. It's a home game, whether you're in Hickory or Spokane or wherever you're at. Tell me your day. How does your day start? What time are you up? What are you doing? Tell me your day. How does it go? So day start probably uh, get up around 9.30, uh, make myself breakfast. I always use two eggs, pancakes, and hash browns. Um, go to the field around – Mm, a little after three. Okay. Uh, I get to the field. I just, I literally sit there for like an hour. Um, just listening to music, just getting ready. Um, I get changed for the game. I, so I don't change into like any shorts or anything. Like I just change straight into my uniform. Okay. Um, change straight in my uniform. I go into the, um, strength room or whatever we have. And, uh, I grab pre-workout. I always mix. Uh, fruit punch. I don't like blue raspberry because I never throw good doing that. <laughs> um, I was I always do two and a half scoops. I usually spill it everywhere, so I always do like a little extra one just in case. Um, I go out about thirty five minutes before the game. Um, stretch. I don't, I'm a big static stretch guy. I don't like to really get my heart rate going because the pre workouts like really sitting in at this point. Right. So. Um, I do do a static stretch, do my bands. I go about 180 feet, just like light tossing, airing it out, and then on the way in, I like I like to eat, let it eat a little bit, and then I throw my bullpen, and then about five minutes before the game, I'll sit in the dugout, and I'll just get ready. I'll sit with a yep. towel over my head usually. Towel over your head, ready to go. Oh yeah. Okay, so this this is an incident a lot of people, some people may have heard of. I know about it, uh, reading about it. This is the Sam Huff, inf- Sam Huff incident. A lot of people don't know that uh, Ricky and Sam have a, have a little incident that they did together. So tell us about the Sam Huff incident or what you remember of it. <laughs> I remember very briefly everything of it, but um, <laughs> I was it was my first year. I think it was like, oh. Man, it was like our last two games of the regular season. Um, you were coming out of the pen then, right? Yeah, yes, sir. I was out of the pen, yeah. Um, I think it was like my third time out of the pen or something. And um, I came in. I was. I would just remember working on something with Jono in the, in the bullpen. I come in the game, and I'm like doing it in the, in the warm-up pitches before, the, before I start throwing. And... I felt good, like felt really – I just remember feeling like super good that day. And um, everything was working. Like I was pounding the strike zone. Um, I want to say it was a single up the middle. That almost hit me. And then <laughs> um, I'm like – I'm fairly quick to the plate. I'm like a one – like a one-two, like one-three. Like they had to actually slow me down because I'm like really fast to the plate. Yeah. So <clears> – <throat> I remember like going quickly to the plate and the guy's stealing. And I was like thinking in the back of my head, like, okay, Sam's just about to throw him out. Well, 
my finish used to be like brutally, like I could almost like touch my ankle to my nose. And, um, I just remember like finishing and I caught back out of the corner of my eye and I just see a baseball coming towards my face. So I tried to turn like as fast as I could. And, um, I remember like hitting me like directly in the back of my head. Like I lost all feeling in my legs. I fell to the ground and then like rolled over. And I think it was about like 20, 20, 30 seconds. I just like look up and there was our manager. There was Sam. And then like the whole infield was there. And I was like, geez, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and they said the ball rolled all the way to the first base dugout. So I didn't have any symptoms of concussion until I got caught off, like brought off the field. Like I tried to get up and like keep pitching, but they said like, no, you're done. So they had to take me off the field and I didn't have any symptoms until like I sat down and then like everything got really blurry. Yeah. And light, light, lights start getting out red. Some of that for those that don't understand what happened there. So uh, Sam Huff uh, nailed him in the back of the head on a, on a base run. And actually you, that was it for the year, right? You didn't pitch the red. Of course it was towards the end of the year anyway. Yes, uh, sir. Yeah, it was, it was, I had to go through, like I had, I failed like three concussion protocols. I passed the fourth one. And then after that, it's like the seven day, like I have to go through a seven day, like waiting period. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So it was like, at that point, they were just like, yeah, you're done for, like, the rest of the season, so. Crazy. So, does Sam, do you, do you still see Sam at spring training? You guys ever still oh, yeah. discuss that? And- no, no. We, I mean, we I joke around with him all the time, but me, I mean, me and I love Sam to death. He's, I mean, he's awesome. He's a fantastic baseball player, obviously. Like, so many people know that, and he's, he's just, he's going to be on a tear this year, and I can't wait to watch him. Oh, yeah. He's, I've interviewed Sam. He's a great kid. Uh, yeah, and you too, bud. It, it's been fascinating and fun to watch this. Now, let me ask this. So, we said it earlier, MLB Pipeline now has you at 24. Je- did you talk to Jamie? I know that Newberg has you at his number five. Have you talked yes, to him? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, yeah. I did. Let me For, for, for you that not being from Texas, let me just say something about Jamie. So, Jamie is – is uh, I'm, I'm Jamie Light. Uh, Jamie Newberg started this. He, he uh, I've always followed prospects way back. I've been a Ranger fan. And now that I'm credentialed media and all of that, it's a lot of fun. But um, starting way back before you were ever even a thought in your daddy's, uh, you know, <laughs> dot in his eye, I mean, that I've been a Ranger fan. But Jamie has always followed prospects, and he used to run this report, Newberg Report and all of that. And uh, I, a lot of my I, – I run the prospect list for Dallas Sports Nation, and he'll, he'll turn me on to somebody that I'll watch for the year. So I was watching you because of last year he kind of mentioned you – and watch what he was doing. Um, you'll be on our top 20 list. I'm not going to tell you. You do make the top 10, but I'm not going to tell you where you're going to be at. But you'll see that. Uh-huh. I'll make sure I'll click you on it so you can see it. Do you guys pay attention to these lists? Yes, sir. I mean, I like to try to humble myself as much as I can. So, I mean, but the recognition is always amazing to see, like, how much I've worked for it. And, like, watching the work pay off, obviously, is, is truly a blessing. But, um I mean, I, I, I do love, like, looking at the list and seeing them and, like, being able to show my family, like, look, like, like where I'm at today, like, and, like, where I was at, you know, two years ago. So, I mean, it truly is it's awesome what you guys do. Well, and, and let me tell you what, it, it's been it's been really cool. Uh, one last year that I got to know was Palumbo. And uh, so I, I would go out to some of the Frisco games. I got to meet his parents um, and stuff like that. When Palumbo made his major league debut, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it, to me, it was kind of like, wow, you know what, this is – this is kind of like it's probably close as I'll get to watching one of my own kids make a major league debut because I've gotten to know him. Um, look forward when you get there, getting to meet you, say hello when your parents are in town, say hello. And and just I mean, it's fun to watch parents watch their kids live out their dreams. Um, so it, it's really fun for me. I I, um, I I don't know. Do you know who Tepid is? No, sir, I do not. OK, so there's a guy you need to follow him. It's it's Tepid P. Uh, he, he goes by tepid participation. He is like another one of us, but he's Jamie and him are far above me. So, but these guys, he, he's like a scout. And when he calls a person, a dude, when he says they are a dude, he is saying that they are someone that will make it to the major leagues. Uh, I know you saw that I tweeted out, I was going to be interviewing you. I yes, reached out to tap and I said, Hey, tap going to be talking to Ricky Venasco. Tell me something about him, what he throws, and is this guy dude status yet? And his words were, oh, my God, yes, he's a dude. 
And he <laughs> told me a little bit about your scouting and what you got. It was on Twitter. I'll try to find it and tag you to it. But uh, anyway, so you've reached dude status for thousands and thousands of Ranger fans that know what dude status means. When you get to Frisco, there'll be some that'll be wanting to probably get an autograph or uh, that because they're going to they're, they're gonna be watching Ricky Venasco this year. So um, it's pretty cool. Let me ask you this. Okay, a couple more questions. One of them, what do you do in your spare time? Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, kind of a laid back guy. I like to go, uh, like to hang out with my boys. Um, I mean, I like to hunt, like to fish, um, really just, I mean, hang out with my family, um, spend as much time as I can with them. Cause Lord knows, uh, baseball takes up a lot of my time. So, um, I mean, I really just, I like to hang around the house. I like to help my mom do a lot of stuff. Um, really just, I love to fish, honestly. Like if I could pick one thing, fishing would be it. Now, do you go? Now you're you're from Florida. Is it deep sea fishing, or do you get in the lakes there and bass fish? What do you do? Just any? Really, anything like we can get our hands on. Like if we're driving down the road and we see a golf course or golf course ponds, we'll literally go and fish in the golf course ponds. Like <laughs> it's yeah, it's like that. Now, are you a catch and release guy, or do you take it home and fry them up? No, I'm a catch and release guy. Unless it's like I I uh, only take them home if i'm out in salt water so if i'm out in like crystal river or something okay all right so you hunt one well, now what do you hunt are you a deer hunter or what do you hunt in florida uh hog hunter hog hunter killed yes, a couple sir. of those last year myself so <laughs> when yeah, you get to uh... the big leagues we'll have to get you out someday we'll take you out some hog hunting maybe kill a deer or something when you get to the big leagues oh yeah count me in on that absolutely okay last question now this is a funny one i don't know if you read about this with brock burke i'm the one that actually kind of broke it uh the story is what's one thing that nobody knows about you the example i like to give out there is brock burke who told me that he uh walks around in his sleep um i don't know if you read the story but it was a big story about it that that, that talked about it palumbo it freaked out him he was his roommate on the road uh tyler, <laughs> tyler phillips had a funny story about it I actually uh, kind of broke the story. My, well, I found out the story, went to a guy that writes for The Athletic named Levi Weaver. I don't know if you ever heard of Le Levi Weaver. He's the beat reporter for the Rangers for The Athletic. Told him about it. He did a big uh, big article on Burke and the sleepwalking. Did a, I, I knew that I wasn't that kind of a writer. I was like, man, you might have some fun with this. Turned out to be very, very interesting. So that's kind of what we're talking about. Tell me something. One thing, Tyler Phillips' example was that he's a snowboarder. Okay, that's pretty cool. I couldn't do that. I'm too old. What's I don't one see, thing that nobody knows Tyler, about Ricky Venasco? I don't see Tyler being a snowboarder. I'm going to put that <laughs> out there. I love them to death, but I don't see him being a snowboarder. <laughs> so tell me, what's one thing nobody knows about Ricky Venasco? Uh. <laughs> wow, this is, a, this is a hard question, you know? Sam Huff said, people don't realize how strong I am. Uh because he said, I'm really strong. People don't realize that. Uh, Doro said that uh, nobody realizes that his, his sister's adopted and on scholarship also to play uh, volleyball. So uh, wow. have, have you met Doro, Ryan Doro? Yes, sir, I have. Yeah, I mean, he was in Arizona with me my first year, so. No pressure if you can't think about it. Maybe you come back to me later. But one thing you, that, that, that nobody knows, you're good at board games or – well, I have to say one thing that nobody knows about me is that I have perfect scapular rotation. Perfect what? Perfect scapular rotation in my back. What is that? Now explain that. <laughs> so uh, we were doing um, uh, like assessments when we were in Arizona this week. Yeah, and they were doing like our scap, like uh, it's the like muscles and bones behind your shoulder that help your like shoulder blade move up and down. Yeah. So they said like mine perfectly moves and wraps around my ribs, and they were like giving everybody like things to work on on their scap, and I asked them like, what what can I do? And they were like, just keep doing whatever you're doing. Like <laughs> you, don't need to, you don't need to even be in here, honestly. Wow, that is that's actually pretty dadgum interesting. You probably didn't even realize it, and now you're now you got to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, you ain't lying. I sure didn't realize it. <laughs> hey, Ricky, I really appreciate you coming on. This has been a blast. I'm gonna have you do something for me. It's kind of an audio autograph that'll be going on through all episodes. So what I want you to do is basically, 
identify yourself and say you're with the Texas Rangers. This is Ricky Venasco with the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. I'm Ricky Venasco with the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to the Rangers podcast. Okay, it's the Ranger Nation podcast. Take a second to pause. Say, hey, this is Ricky Venasco with the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. Hey, this is Ricky Venasco with the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. That's awesome. Hey, buddy, I appreciate you coming on with me. Good luck. I'm going to try to get out spring training, hopefully. Maybe run into you there. If not, we will for sure see you when you get to Frisco, because if you keep doing what you're doing, I have a feeling by the end of the year you're going to be up here. Yes, sir. I hope so. Hey, good luck this uh, – hey, let, let me ask you this real quick. You said you're going – somebody's signing something today. You, do you do some private lessons or something on the side? Is that what you're doing for work, and you got somebody got a scholarship? Uh, yes, sir. I mean, I I help, like – I help coach little kids. Uh, I help, like, do, like, 9 through, like, 12 of you. Yeah. And um, one of my – I was here last year, and he uh, he signed with the Florida Gators. His name's Wyatt uh, Langford. So um, he was catching me all last year, and um, – helping me in my bullpen so i mean he's like always kind of like been there and like he's like one of my close friends so um he asked me to come down to his uh signing today and talk a little bit so that's fantastic that's fantastic ricky hey we appreciate it that's ricky Venasco of the texas rangers visiting with us ricky have a good one i hope to see you here in the spring yes sir thank you so much you got it bye-bye bye all right, that was Ricky Venasco, and hey, what a wonderful kid! Uh, just, just a yes sir and no sir. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta uh, give some big kudos to the to his parents and uh, for for that raising such a uh, just a, a nice nice young man there. Uh, really a joy to talk to. Look, Ricky will probably start this year in Hickory. He finished there last year. He did the playoffs a little bit. He's probably going to start in Hickory. My hope would be that it, it, I mean, best case scenario for Ricky. If he really goes, and there now you got to understand too, he's going to be on some limited innings, um, and what they do with him, they're probably you know they're building up arm strength. Maybe, maybe if he if he does like he has done, there is a slight possibility he might end up in Frisco. I I, I would have a feeling that that Ricky is destined for uh, by the end of the year if everything's going well, he's probably going to end up in Down East towards the end of the year, um, uh, middle to end of the year, and uh, maybe even Frisco. If he gets to Frisco, I'll run out and say hello. I always come out and say hi to these guys. But uh, that was great for Ricky to come on. Uh, I really appreciate it. He's such a nice kid. Uh, I love talking to these guys. He he's my new. Uh, everybody remember Palumbo and Palumbo and I got well. I met his dad. Came kind of close. Can't wait to meet Ricky's family uh, once he gets here. Big things there. This guy's moving up. He's going to be in our top 20. Um, so we'll keep these things coming. I'll keep trying to reach out. We're going to reach out to New Frisco Rough Rider play by play guy, uh, just got hired. For those that uh, don't know, uh, Ryan Rulliard was the uh, – he ran media out at the Frisco Rough Riders last year. This year, uh, at the end of the year, Ryan left, and he is now uh, – he, he he went up, I believe, to Colorado. He's, he, he joined a fire department, uh, just wanted to serve uh, the community. Such a fantastic dude. Ryan was such a neat guy. But they've uh, they've moved up a guy that is coming, uh, coming over from Myrtle Beach. He did the same job at Myrtle Beach. His name's Zach Bigley. Zach and I have talked a little bit. Zach's planning on getting together with me here in the next week or two. We're going to try to do a show and kind of talk about him and where he's from the way that Ryan and I did that today. So that's the show, guys. For everyone that's been a part of this one, I want to thank you so much. Thanks to Ricky Venasco for for being here uh, and agreeing to come on and do a little interview. Ricky, good luck this year. Hope to see you in spring training and everything going on. But uh, like we say, uh, uh, we're going to end that one right there. For everyone that's been a part of this, thanks again so much. And uh, like we say at the end of every episode and at the end of everything I ever write, Nerd out. Down.